It's episode 57. 57. Heinz 57. Circle of Heat. Thank you to those guys. We just heard their music. This is No Laugh Track, Acme Comedy's podcast. I'm still the host, Justin Severson. My guest is David Huntsberger. What's up, man? Hello. Uh, not much is up. What's up with you? What is up with me? It is Fourth uh, of July week. Yeah. And everyone is pretty much checked out. We, it's so nice out. If you call this work, we're the only ones working right now, I think, in the Twin Cities. Yeah, it feels that way. It's a ghost town out there. It is. It is the nice weather. But uh, it, see that? I can't stop scratching my leg. <laughs> I do see that. I it's was telling you, I uh, spent the weekend out of town, and uh, apparently it's still chigger season. Mm-hmm. So um, I am now an expert on chiggers, and I can tell you that if you wade in shallow water... Uh, if you're drinking on a lake and you have to pee, maybe you want to find an alternative because you walk in the sand, then the next day, you can't stop itching your legs. So you, <clears throat> wading out into the lake is like the polite thing to do, to pee in the lake. Mm-hmm. If, if anyone heard, you know, urine splashing on the surface, like, hey, hey, buddy, come Hey, on. hey, there's kids over here. Keep that thing underwater. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, it is kind of funny because you go, and uh, this is like on a sandbar where everybody's partying, mm-hmm. and... Uh, like you, you know, it's you know, I I was with a group of people. We don't know everyone that's around. You're just kind of waiting up, peeing at the same time. Hey, where, where are you guys from? <laughs> ah, you don't even have to shake it off underwater. It just kind so of happens. standard bathroom etiquette doesn't apply. Like no, when no. you're when you with strangers in a like a men's room at the urinal, you know, chatting and. I hope not. I try not to. I typically don't strike up conversation. Where are you guys from? It uh, no doesn't seem, and I don't care for it when people do that to me. But if I guess if I was standing in water pretending that I was just, I'm just standing here. But what? I'm you don't just know. a guy that likes waist deep water. <laughs> exactly. So having conversation can like continue that ruse. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can see. All right. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, are you cl- are you claiming residency in Minnesota now? You've been here. <laughs> been here so long. You've been here so long. You were here. Your name came up last week because I talked to Sign Chad for the. Uh, I always still want to call out. it the Showcase Showdown, but it's the Punchline Punch Out. I had to write it down actually because I yeah. don't remember it. We were punching each other's lights out with jokes. How uh, was it? It was. It was. What I loved about it was like, it was like being at, uh, starting open mic again and just sitting in the back and like watching your friends and kind of seeing what they had come up with. You know, like open mic, you'd you'd have a week usually in between. Like, you know, every Sunday we're gonna go and or here it's Monday. You know, so yeah. you do your set and you see kind of the same people and then you might see them during the week, but for the most part, you don't see them do comedy until that Monday. Right. And so it was like having an open mic every night, but you know, people were obviously not struggling as much as a typical open mic. It right, right. did fairly well. And that part was fun. The The part that was not as enjoyable was just like the conversations before the show and just hanging out were not tense, but they weren't as comfortable as normal because everyone's just, you know, taxing their brain trying to remember new jokes. Yeah. So there was this, a little bit of tension. Like we finally went on Saturday during the day and just went to the park and like played basketball and oh, okay. kind of took our minds off of it. And then that made it seem more fun because like a week of a bunch of comedians together, it seemed like, oh, we'll be hanging out all day. And instead everyone was just kind of writing all day. So it, it had this sort of business feel to it. Yeah. But it was really fun. And it was good that we, uh, I was on Chad's team and we won. So Oh, you did? Yeah, I yeah. never heard. Yeah, we, we finished it out in six. So there were seven total shows. They did it like a, a playoff series. Right. And That's so, a seven. Yeah, yeah. We were, it went 1-0 us, then it was tied, then we went up 2-1, then it was 2-2, then we went up 3-2, and then the Saturday early show, 
we won to go to win it. So then the late show, we just came out. We had this trophy that we poured some booze into, and we just each person from our team would come out and have a drink from that. And nice. It was fun. Yeah, I, I I feel like if they make that an annual thing, it would be really cool to sell like a week long pass so people yes. could come every night and yeah, see yeah. it unfold and. I, if that happened, then it would, and maybe people would draw like alliances to certain teams, and, uh-huh. then, and then the voting would be less random. T-shirts, but, yeah, yeah. Team Chad, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it was really fun though, and, and uh, cool to see all the comics trying such bizarre things and stuff. When uh, Chad and Cy were here, you know, we recorded last Wednesday, just like we are right now, about the same time, and uh, they hadn't prepared at all for that night as of mm-hmm. you know two o'clock last wednesday yeah so <laughs> yeah that was pretty common it was, I, and, but i think everyone would, would say that i haven't prepared but you know, your brain's always running through stuff so you would you would have like okay worst case scenario i guess i'll talk about this and then at 4 p.m you'd maybe maybe try to jot something down or usually for me it was like six i would try to like write out a, a little bit of a set list and then about seven i would panic and be like i don't remember any of the thoughts i had and i don't know how to say them and and then luckily, you know, like the being on stage is such a catalyst, you know, you can just kind of riff on stuff in the moment or it, having, having done comedy for quite a while, you develop tools where you figure out like I can, I can figure out a way to be funny for five minutes about a topic. Yeah. So it, people, I think sometimes made a little bit more out of it than was really necessary. You know, like, oh my God, if you're writing one liners, it would be really tough. But if you're just, um, trying to just kind of riff and joke on a topic it, it i think everyone did a great job I think did anyone well. get caught using previous material i heard a couple people that i was pretty certain i had heard really stuff before yeah. yeah and then there'd be some chatter backstage but no <laughs> no one cared it was like no and typically those people didn't win when they did that which was weird oh so, really so it didn't even become an issue like, oh no kidding yeah um, who did uh did you have the same competition every night no they, they rotated it one person at a time so, oh, okay so every person there are five people per team we each played the every other player on the oh, other okay. team and then they had it arranged where like saturday Cy went against chad so it was like the the battle royale round and then um they tried to kind of arrange it a little bit more like that so the weekend shows it was more of like the you know the, the more uh the people that have been doing it longer were doing it against one another yeah did you have any were there any words you had trouble with you had a new one every day a new one every day the, the one i liked the least was music which seems weird because it's such a common term but i just feel like it's been it's been talked about so much it's 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 topical and it's it's prevalent and i see plenty of comedy where people are talking about a current song or a genre of music or yeah. an artist. Or, yeah. So it's been well treaded. So even though that would seemingly be like an easy topic, I found it to be not very appealing to me. I just was just like, this isn't something I'm wild about. Are you musical? Into. I don't pl- I play a guitar poorly. So if that counts as being musical, then to some degree, yes. Mm-hmm. But you know, I like music. I I'm, I'm not someone that uh, has very like, strict tastes in it or anything you know i mean i guess i'm if i'm being honest i do you know like well i don't care for that type of music but i'm not i just don't listen to it that's about as far as it goes i don't seek people out and try to convert them away from it (laughs) your favorite band sucks yeah yeah all that yeah i don't do that that used to be one of my favorite t-shirts yeah yeah your favorite band sucks (laughs) uh so yeah you were here like my god have you done that before spent two weeks in one town and done two different shows i mean now you're headlining it just seems yeah, when I Weird. when I first started hitting the road, um, 
had a little station wagon, a Ford Escort wagon, which was just great. And I'd pack up like all my stuff in that, including my dog, which was like a yellow lab. And uh, I I took him with me. I snuck him into hotels and went kind of everywhere. And typically, yeah, it was like three or four days at a, at a time. But I, I got invited to do... Um, I was featuring at the Boise Club. There was a funny bone there. And okay. they would keep the feature for two weeks at a time. Oh, wow. In, in a condo. So I... I basically lived there for two weeks, just me and my dog, and then different headliners would show up, and I'd live with them for a week, and then they'd leave. And oh, they okay with the dog? Yeah, it was kind of, it wasn't the coolest move on my end to, to just show up with a dog. I think it was like the MySpace era, and I didn't have a MySpace, and I didn't have a Facebook, and I probably could have called the club and had them call the comedian to see if it was okay, and I just thought, like, if they're allergic to dogs, I'll just leave him in my room the whole time, or he's he's such a mellow guy, but both comedians really loved it. They were like, oh, this makes the week so much better, because you are just, you're stuck, you're living with a stranger for, like, four or five days at a time, so... Uh, having a dog was really nice, you know, and, and two weeks at a time was, was cool. I really liked it. Um, so being here and I, I think the first time I came to Minneapolis, I, I opened at the state theater for Nick Swardson on like a Wednesday or Thursday. Oh, and wow. then I was at Acme the following week. So I just stayed that time too. So I've spent some like extended periods here. So you did a theater show in <clears throat> Minneapolis before... Acme. Yeah, before I did Acme, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was weird. It was... Uh, did you know Swartzen before that? Yeah, I'd been... Uh, he saw me on Last Comic Standing oh, and yeah. just called me up and asked me to come do some shows for him. So we, we toured together quite a bit. And, and then um, I, I I just recorded a CD here in November and there were some people that were like at that show that were like, hey, I saw you at the state years ago. No shit. Yeah, which was pretty cool. So... Yeah, you always think like it's just so temporary. If people have a good time at a show, they don't like typically go home and you know keep. Maybe they'll join like a newsletter or something like that. Right. But how like I've seen great you know rock shows or whatever. I didn't go home and like buy the patch of that band and put it on my jacket. <laughs> and that must be why people wear those patches. Like, oh right, remember I like this band. Don't, I was just, into Rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just dr- they just drift out so quickly that four years later you go, did I? S- oh yeah, I have seen you. It is true because like I'll even uh, if uh, being a veteran of uh, coming to Acme here, I know when to because I always. Uh, I always have a full bladder by the time the show's done. Yeah. So I know when to leave oh, before yeah. everybody else while still seeing the whole show. Yeah. You know, the headliner leaves, the MC's going to... Here's a tip for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that MC comes out, go ahead and leave. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, he's just going to make... He or she's just going to make some little <laughs> announcement. Go ahead and leave and you'll be the first one to the bathroom. That's what I do. But if you then you're outside first. And what I was going to say is you do hear people leaving comedy shows, uh, you know, here specifically for me. And... Um, Hey, that the second guy, I liked him, but the first one, yeah, with the oh, you mean with the hair? Oh, yeah, I mean, they just yeah. saw somebody do a performance for forty five minutes and don't know the name. You know. Oh, definitely, yeah. They're not going home to buy the badge or the uh, <laughs> the pin. Yeah, there was this dude that I didn't even look similar to in Dallas once, and his whole act was about um, being married, and he was married to a, he was a white guy, and he was married to a black woman, and they had a, a son that was autistic. Mm-hmm. And so people would come over to me and be like, is that true? Like, is your wife really black? 
And then I would jokingly always be like, I would never. <laughs> and, My and, parents would never approve of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just thought that was so strange that we looked nothing alike. He was like a good six or seven inches taller than me. And so, yeah, it, it's so temporary. People come to a show to just see a show. They yeah. rarely, it's just now with like, do I do a podcast that um, brings a few people out, you know? So there are a handful of people that are there that are familiar with who I am. And that makes a little bit of a difference. You know, mm-hmm. it, it can get kind of taxing sometimes to just always perform to people that are like, we want to go see a juggling act. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's not, it's comedy's not really like that. It's more connective or mm-hmm. it, it, it does help if you, you know, feel familiar with the person to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. You brought it up the podcast that you do. Yeah. Professor Blastoff. We've, we've been doing it two years. It's uh we're in like a hundred and, 10 or 111 episodes now and every week pretty much yeah we've only missed one week in the entire run of the the show and that included like um tig and kyle who i co-hosted with um both being in new york for a period and then tig um a little having, cancer thing yeah she had to deal battled with. off breast cancer and and then had this uh intestinal infection and oh boy just like a ton of stuff in a short period of time that we like somehow or another got together and did episodes throughout it and um so yeah we've we just did a live tour yeah i saw that you were here we were here at the cedar yeah which was great it was really fun and uh had the van stee band open for us local band here yeah cool guys and it was awesome and then getting back from that it you know made us all a little closer and the shows have been fun again and not that they were you know we weren't like a band that was like we're on our last leg (laughs) but uh, drummer sucks man (laughs) yeah no we it just sometimes you need like something to you know like any relationship or whatever you need to just like rejuvenate yourself a little or something rediscover yourselves or oh yeah for sure and uh, so we did that and yeah things have been going well and um we're going to be doing, we've done a few festivals. We're going to keep kind of doing that. And so it's been interesting to like mix in the live shows. It's kind of a bummer that the Cedar, we had 200 people and then my shows, you know, they're just such a small fraction of that that come out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so much better at stand up than I am at podcasting. <laughs> Isn't that the way, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, uh, tell people that haven't heard it. What do you, you guys, it's a little bit different than, uh, like a lot of the well the concept is that we would chat about things that you would find interesting and a lot of times you know we'd throw out terms like philosophy and science and stuff but in actuality it's it's just anything kind of subjective it's we'll have people on that you know a girl was like in a plane crash so we talked about fear and you know just think we talked about the voice lake bell uh, was this girl that made a movie um called in a world which is about voiceover acting and uh, she's just very passionate about the voice and so we did an episode on that mm. and on paper that would sound pretty boring but you know if you get someone that's like kind of passionate about a topic then it's really fun so we you know bring in phd's and we'll have students and then we'll have people that are just kind of experts or just knowledgeable in something and they'll come in and it's a lot a lot of times it gets likened to like a class being taught and we're just three class clowns yeah i don't know if it's exactly like that but (laughs) it's somewhere in that it's silly it's not it's uh it's more silly than it is informative it's i saw uh i was looking at the site you did one recently somebody that doesn't didn't have fully formed limbs yeah quadrilateral congenital limb deficiency and she was born yeah with she ended up losing i mean she was born with just 
not functioning legs. I don't even know if they were fully formed, but they were, um, you know, removed from like the knee down on both sides. And then, so she uses prosthetics there and then her right arm went down to about the elbow and her left arm was mostly formed. She has three fingers. And so she's able to type and drive and, you know, any normal activity with three total fingers. And we were going to call the episode um, disabilities because in principle, that seems like you have a different ability, if nothing else. But she didn't really have anything in her life that made it seem like she was disabled, which mm-hmm. was strange. So, mm-hmm. we, we, yeah, we just called it uh, the limb deficiency thing because that's really the only thing that was she wasn't an expert on dis- disabilities. She it was like talking to you or I. She's like, oh yeah, I, I I do that. So there wasn't anything. With Quit the, making oh, a big deal, man. Yeah, yeah. It's Where are you a, finding these people, these guests? Well, a lot of times they'll reach out to us. You know, as the show's gone on, we've used a lot of listeners, and they'll reach out and say, hey, I listen to the show, and I'd love to come on and. I'm getting my PhD and or I have this happening or, you know, and we'll use our comedian friends or a lot of times in the beginning, especially it was just people I'd bumped into at parties. And so I, for whatever reason was having a lot of conversations with just interesting, like be the scientists or students or whatever. And so, <laughs> so they were nice enough to come in and chat. And, uh, and now, yeah, we, we kind of, people will reach out to us. Publicists will reach out to us and, we uh we had a, a Pulitzer winner on in our live show in New York, which is real cool, and um, we, we've had like some some kind of like Ira Glass was on the show, oh, yeah. and so we've had some some bigger name people that were just perplexing, you know, that 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 would ever happen. But so it's been cool. Yeah, you think you'll tour with that again? I don't think we'll do it ever again in the same way. Like we were four of us. It was me taking Kyle and our assistant, like in uh, this. Um, <laughs> like little Kia minivan, really? Just yeah, very indie rock style. Was anybody filming game. that? A little behind the scenes? A little bit, not really. Um, he's not a very good assistant. We could have uh, okay. <laughs> employed him a little more wisely. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't filmed, and we just like we, I screened up a bunch of T-shirts and posters, and we just like piled all this merch in the back of our van and headed out just like a little band and. So by the end, we just realized it was so many miles and it, it's just taxing. It's so grueling that it, maybe if we could do it again on a bus or something, we would. But I think now we'll do more localized stuff where we'll just kind of go do a few cities in a central area yeah, and yeah. come home. So we'll still tour in that capacity. But I mean, we literally looped the perimeter of the United States in like three weeks. Wow. And uh, it, it was it was a grind. It was fun. It was I've never done that before. So that was that was really cool. Uh, but I don't know if we'll we'll head out on a tour immediately. I kind of like, like this festival thing's real cool. It's pretty fun, and I don't know if you ever played music or traveled in that way or anything. No, I would love to. Yeah, I'd love it's, to. It's just looking out the window is really fun. Just see kind of the the country go by. No, I haven't. Not even like a no. I haven't done much of that at all. The farthest I've been in a vehicle, like, is probably from here to Detroit. Oh, really? <laughs> so You had to do it. Like uh, I remember being in college, and I had just read Into the Wild. And I, mm-hmm. for me, that was kind of the on the road f- for my age at the time. Mm-hmm. Or you know, mm-hmm. I just I hadn't read On the Road yet. And then when I went and read On the Road later, I was like, eh, it just didn't, <laughs> it didn't grab me. I, I could have done better. <laughs> yeah, like Into the Wild was that, like for me as a, an 18-year-old or whatever, like that kind of formative, oh, you, you have some choices in life. You can go do that. And so... I really like, I drove my friends to the Grand Canyon and we went and just kind of hung out and felt like we can do this. We have these freedoms. And, and I'd always wanted to like 
go across the country or when I was doing comedy, I would do a little bit of it, but it always felt like for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And this did the same way, but it was, it was nice having people to talk to. And it was nice, you know, like just relaxing and being a passenger in a car. Yeah, and just kind of yeah. like looking out the window and like through Montana is just outrageous. If you get a chance to do that, I highly recommend it. It's so pretty. Yeah. I have two kids, so I gotta, I can turn it into something like that. We'll yeah, vacation. get the family truckster out. And That's right. Off you go. That's right. I need one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, how much do you think you could get a uh, the family truckster <laughs> for these days? Their what collector is items are probably about fifty grand. I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think in the movie pays like five thousand. I want to say maybe. I don't really remember. Was the price in the in the window? I don't remember. I think so. I want to say seventeen hundred jumps out to me. You're going to get a lot of angry emails yeah. after this. <laughs> I don't remember what they paid. You know but. what's weird? I was. Do you watch Breaking Bad? Oh, of course. Yeah. <clears throat> so my girlfriend and I have watched the. Uh, I never watched it when it was. You know, I've never sat on a Sunday night and be like, ooh, it's going to be out on an hour. Oh, see, I got into the ground floor, no. so they've all been like that. To nope. me. I had to go through the writer's strike with it. And, oh. I mean, that was, I yeah. I didn't realize, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the, the, this one season's only seven episodes, and that's how I would convince people to watch it. It's like, no, it's short. It's two seasons, but one of them's only seven episodes because the writer's strike. So I, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that has been brutal. a long, long time. So we just have been catching up, you know, like on Netflix or on demand or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, now they just put season five on Netflix. Uh-huh. And I hadn't seen it. My girlfriend and I hadn't seen it yet. So we just started watching uh, Catching Up now the other night uh-huh. for when it, the final season starts yeah, in August. Yeah, you got your work cut out for I know. You've got a month to Yeah, no, we'll get through, through it. it. We'll yeah, get through it. It's We're pretty at, easy to do. And uh, God, it's such a good show. But uh, so we were just watching the, uh, episode one of season five just the other night. And um, Walt is in front of a gas station and it has the price of gas mm-hmm. and it's actually um more expensive than it is right now <laughs> when does that ever happen i think that's so smart and i never i don't think shows or movies should ever put the price of gas if you want to keep it if you're trying to say something in sort of like um a philosophical sense or a metaphoric sense the, this, if you want it to be kind of timeless, gas prices are just the silliest. You look up and like, oh, this movie must be old. Gas is like ninety nine yeah. cents. Yeah, and you always, I always notice. Yeah, yeah. And as it's, we're in a place right now where it seems really high to us. But imagine in five more years or mm-hmm. twenty more years, yeah. like, oh my god, that episode of Breaking Bad it was only like four dollars. Yeah. I hate it. Or it'll be like, oh my god, they're using gasoline. <laughs> How <laughs> archaic. Yeah, these dinosaurs. This prehistoric dad? What is the show? <laughs> yeah, it's like when you see people using landline telephones. Mm-hmm. Like, what is how in the every show seems like? Well, they could have solved this. They just need a cell phone. Why is this even a problem? Right, right. I can't wait to uh, have that conversation with my kids. Like, uh, you know, because I don't have it. My girlfriend's got an iPad that they just fuck. I can't pull them off of. At least my yeah. seven-year-old, she's addicted. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, but I can't have, wait to have the conversation, try to explain to them, like um, like when I was in high school, I wanted to have privacy to try to talk to a girl on the phone. Yeah. My fam, we, of course, there was no cell phones back then. We didn't even have cordless phones. Right. So they were the corded ones, and there were only two in the house. One was on the main floor, yeah. so there was no privacy. The <laughs> yeah. cord wasn't long enough to like reach into my room. I would have to go up into my parents' bedroom. <laughs> And like, it's still like, I, oh, I think my my mom's got to go to bed. I got to go. Like, yeah, who, no, no, <laughs> yeah, no, one, no, no. Kids are have their problem anymore. Now they're you know messaging from their friggin' yep, yeah, definitely. Here's a picture of my boobs. <laughs> Send. Yeah. I feel like that's how the same thing happened again 
to I think we're probably in the same age range where like that happened with the house phone that you know especially if there were two lines and your parents would pick up oh yeah and then you go no 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 Bob I'm on the phone oh yeah and yeah be just so embarrassed and then that same feeling I think re appeared when like Facebook came around. I heard so many people complaining like, now my mom's on Facebook. Right, and right. the same feeling like, yeah. get off, mom. I'm hanging out with my friends, mom. <laughs> totally. I'm on Facebook. I have, uh, and I don't even really, like, I, you know, I'm at the age, I don't, they're not hiding anything from my parents yeah. anymore, certainly. They've, mm. uh, they know the worst. At least I think they do. Yeah. Um, but still, I haven't friended my mom. And oh, her. really? Or even my sister. No. I love them both dearly. <laughs> eh, let's keep that separate. We'll keep that completely separate. I got a few cousins. Yeah. No no close relatives. They finally caved me into joining it about a, like a year or two ago. And I, I don't interact on it. I hate it. I just use it. Like, if this is where everyone's going to hang out, and this is the only way I can get you to come to a show, I would come into town and hear people like right after I left. You were here. Like, how is this possible? It's in the newspaper. It's the it's on the comedy club site. Yeah. They're blasting people. And so I thought, if that's where everyone is going to be hanging out, then you have to join this stupid thing. But I think all the <laughs> liking of stuff and the commenting is just absurd. Yeah, uh, especially when it turns into an argument <laughs> between two meatheads. Yeah. Or my favorite is when uh, I've seen guys. Uh, what was it? A guy got busted cheating. A guy I was friends with, went to high school with, got busted cheating on his wife. Mm-hmm. Completely public. Including, and this is the problem. <laughs> so he was friends with his wife, also his children mm-hmm. that were old enough to type on the on a computer. <laughs> yeah, so then they, the kid who's like 12 yeah. pops in, Dad, I'm really disappointed. Like, no, that wasn't I don't a put on. Hear. That's real? Yes. Oh my goodness. I don't want to read about your 12 year old's broken heart because you cheated <laughs> on mom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Call Maury. This is yeah. ridiculous. Oh, that's sad. So I, uh, I was just when you walked into the building today. I'll, now I'm going to tell you. Oh right, yeah. Here's you were mid story. I was just starting a story of how you and I have been on the same stage together, and I guarantee you don't remember it. Maybe you will. I have a guess. It would be, I did a Doug loves movies here. And you maybe were doing sound for that. Nope, but you're half right. Okay, that you were. This is you only, were uh, you were next to Jackie Cation. This is the only job I do here at the club is to hold this pod, host this podcast. Okay. So here's what it was. Okay. I came. I'm a huge fan of Doug Benson. One okay. of my favorites. Nice. I've heard you on his podcast. You know, okay. dozen times. Or right. Probably every one of them. Um, I was in the audience with uh, not the girlfriend I have now, but a different girl <laughs> I was dating. Okay. At the time, and uh, he was going to do the. Uh, he was. Lynn it, it, it was game? a. I think it w- it was a normal stand-up show. Yeah, and at the end, he was going to do a uh, short version of the Leonard Malton game. Okay, yeah. And I brought my sign. <laughs> it was the, uh, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, so uh-huh. I had a, uh, I still had a box from the, uh, oh, it would have been the, not even proud that I bought it. I had no problem cutting up the box. It was for the pod racer, Anakin's pod racer. Yeah, yeah. Stupid toy, stupid figure, uh-huh. stupid character. Anyway, so I still had the box from that toy. So I cut that out and then cut my name into it and then Ooh. put like a piece of paper behind it and colored it yellow. Nice. So it was like the, yeah, it was the box with my name Justin coming through. Whatever. My girlfriend and I are uh, sitting just like 10 rows back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had been, she had no idea what was going to go on other than, you know, I've been hyping this. You know, I love Doug Benson and I'm going to hope I get called <laughs> for this game that they play. It's super funny and fun. 
Anyway, so we get to that part of the show, and Doug's like, all right, we're looking for contestants. Everybody hold up your name tags. And throughout the show, she had been a little annoying. And then when that part came up, she was super annoying. And the two, <laughs> you and Doug, were up on stage here, and she's like, pick Justin, pick Justin. <laughs> and she wouldn't fucking shut up. So Doug... Please, I God, I hope you remember just a little bit of this. He calls her out uh-huh. and like basically tells her to shut up, like in a really nice way. But yeah. like she was, I mean, I was completely embarrassed of being sitting next to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she ends up. Uh, he calls her out. She walks out of the club. Oh, I remember that. And yeah. leaves. Yeah. And then I got called. Then because of that. You guys were like, "Well, Justin, come on up." Yeah. So I came up and played you in the Leonard Malton game, and I won. Yeah, that all sounds very familiar. I remember the, the movie was, um, it was like 1988. It was, uh, what would he what call it, like superhero movie, action movie. And it was a couple, I think I got it in three names or two names. Oh, really? And one of them, one of the names was, um, uh, the. Uh, see, now I can't even think of it. She was married to Mick Jagger or dated Mick Jagger. Yeah, um, The movie was Batman. Was the first yeah. Batman? Yeah, yeah, that sounds very familiar. Yes, and I won, and she, and even I came up on stage, and Doug even asked me a couple questions about her, and I was just like, I don't know. And you both, <laughs> you were joking about how pissed she looked, and she walked out of here. Yeah, and I was like, Yep, I'm pretty much gonna pay for it when I leave. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. She was like, so she just immediately left. I remember that that there had been a, a quick back and forth, and then just up and out. Oh, stormed out. Yeah, completely pissed off. <laughs> completely pissed off that girl uh had quite a temper but we all we both really liked you that you didn't chase after and you stayed and played the game which was awesome i was here for that yeah (laughs) i knew that he she and i were that was one of many big fights so i was there no i'm not chasing her out of here and uh yeah so i won i won i the uh the game we played i got your cd your first cd oh okay yeah recorded here at acme actually yeah so with the the earth head on it yeah yeah so I, I got your CD, also a Woot Monkey, yeah. that I still have hanging in my room. I saw it this morning, <laughs> and uh, that might have been it. But that was fantastic. Wow. And then I walked out of here, and I'm at the bar, and people are like, dude, like patting me on the back. Like Groups of women were coming up like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was, <laughs> you know, that turned out to be really funny, but oh boy, you're in trouble. Like, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So I left, walked out to the car. Car's gone. What? She left me here. Wow. Left me here. Then I started calling. No answer. (laughs) Call again. No answer. Call again. No answer. She sounds like a treat. Finally, she calls me back. I just got pulled over. The cop's coming up to the door right now. She made it five blocks from here, went down the wrong way of a one way. Was she drunk? Yeah, wasted. Oh, good. Yes, except... She got, they let her go. What? Yeah, she just told them she was lost and they didn't give her uh, any tests or anything. (sighs) Then she came back and picked me up and we fought the whole way home. Yeah. And you still let her drive? Uh, no, I drove. Though. Oh, okay. no, 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 no! I drove. <laughs> she just picks you up. No, no. So oh, yeah, man, is she still single? I have no idea. Mm, she sounds like a catch. I have no idea. I would assume so, but I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Wow, know. how'd you end up with someone so volatile? Uh, I'll tell you that after the podcast. Oh, okay. right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you about. Yeah, I'll tell you it about that one later. Seem to really fit your energy. It didn't. 
that's funny that you say that because it absolutely didn't. And that's what I used to tell people. Like, this is, I'm a carefree, like, really laid back person. And this yeah. is a lot of negativity and volatility. And I, that's not me. Hmm. So, no, that one didn't work out. It's probably better. But that's fine. Did so. your kids like her? Uh, they never met. Oh, good. No. That's good. As opposed to the girlfriend I have now, Ashley, who is awesome and my kids love and vice versa. Yeah. Have you brought, uh, have you had her to a, a Doug Benson show yet? No, but I'm hoping to. Yeah, that'll be the real test. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what if that's just the catalyst? That's true. I have brought her to other shows here. That actually, that that date that uh, made an ass of herself at uh, the Doug Benson show, that actually wasn't the first time that happened here. So I should have learned my lesson. Wow. We came and saw the Sklar Brothers once. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like when guys are, uh, pe- when performers, comedians are up on stage here, sometimes you ask questions that are rhetorical. You don't really want an answer from the audience. <laughs> You're just saying, hey, remember that blah, 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 whatever. Yes, I remember it. What about it? Yeah. She was that person? She would say that, and then she'd go, oh, my God, that's so funny. Oh, that's so good. Oh, have you read that? Oh, I read that. Like, Justin, did you read that book? I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, they're not really, just, no. They're not wow. really asking you. Just follow along. Yeah. She- I had to go apologize to those guys after that show too. Like I just, she's was she really good looking? Uh, not bad, not bad. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like people like that just never get any social cues or rules. They just feel like oh, everything's always gone my way. That's true. Uh, no, not that hot. Not hot okay. enough to get away with anything. Okay. No. Okay. No. <laughs> not not that. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Oh. I was so when I saw your name on that that you were going to be uh, headlining here, I was so excited. I was like, <laughs> I, I cannot wait to share that story with someone that's actually going to, you know, yeah. that was connected to it. Yeah, I totally remember that. I, I rem- those shows were really fun. Those were like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. Those were great. And uh, yeah, then I headlined the weekend after that, and they there was like this couple that was asleep on each other, like right in the front. And I was like, Are you guys okay? And the guy just pulled down his sunglasses, like your show man we're good oh stuff like that it was so much different so want us to turn the volume down yeah Yeah. something like that it was just it was very un-minneapolis i just i didn't like the crowds much but i really liked the tuesday through thursday even with all that weird stuff that happened yeah yeah yeah, she was really like the only unenjoyable part of that (laughs) that (laughs) run are you still touring with doug at all I haven't in a while. We used to probably do maybe, you know, four or five a year, not a crazy amount. But, you know, he has uh, Graham all the time. And, yeah. and so um, he hasn't really needed it. It's more so like when Graham has his own shows or something, he'll reach out and get somebody else. But, um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't done much. I do a lot of stuff in L.A. with him still. He'll do like the movie interruptions, which are pretty fun. Just sit in a theater and make fun of movies. But, yeah, I haven't... I haven't gotten on the road with him in a while. How many people, like, I, you know, I listen to a lot of these podcasts. That's how, you know, kind of how this started, is I was a huge podcast and comedy nerd, and mm-hmm. uh, management here uh, picked up on that, because I work at a local radio station, and then it was uh-huh. like, uh, hey, you know, we're going to, we need a host for this podcast we want to do. And, oh, cool. Uh so I'm always curious. I've never even been to California at all. <laughs> so, but I'm always curious, like, it just, like, it seems like at this UCB theater, like, there's, how many people show up that place on a... Tuesday night or Wednesday night. It always seems like there's something going on. Uh, I haven't been in a while, but it used to be if the the comedy Death Ray, which became comedy Bang Bang, was very popular as a live like stand-up show. And so Doug initially started doing his show, I believe at 7, and then that show would start at 8. 
And um, if you got there early for Doug's show, you could stay for the, the death ratio or the bang bang show. Save your good seat. Yeah, yeah. So it was... 75 people i think fills that place up like sitting on the stage fills it up it's oh, it's wow. a small venue it's you know i'm not doing a very good job for a podcast but you know this width here from these beams over maybe a little bit wider than that and the stage is about this big so the room itself is 50 feet across and maybe only 25 feet deep or something yeah. and it kind of goes up with stadium seats so you can in seats comfortably have probably sixty people, and then they'll sit people just cross-legged on the stage. I always when picture something to... bigger, so it's funny you say this. Oh, really? Yeah. No, it's a great little. Now I feel like that's why it always feels so alive in there because it is. You know, it's there's this kinetic kinetic energy. People are all just packed together, and so it feels very intimate. And the the ceiling's pretty low, and. Um, yeah, so Doug's show now is sort of like the it's it's the main attraction more so. People get there and then they can stay for the new stand up ah, show. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, I think he still gets a, a very good sized crowd, you know, because oh, they've come to know all the characters that are reappearing. Oh, it's and, so great. Yeah, I'm yeah. still a huge fan of that. Yeah, yeah, he it shows great. He he does such a good job. He works so hard, you know, like that you, you think like a podcast, ah, it's just me hanging out and chatting, but you have to do a lot of stuff behind the scenes to yeah. like pay attention to it and, and care for it and all that yeah. stupid crap. No, he does an awesome job of yeah. making it seem like it's not hard work. Very yeah, when funny. he comes out, he's got like, you know, a, um, a standard legal sheet size paper just think, filled with notes. I think it was TJ Miller who told me once that uh, it, Doug is the exact opposite of what you expect. Uh, like, uh, oh yeah, the big stoner. No, completely organized. Yeah. And, like stressed about it. And like, Yeah, I always like tell him that like pot brings him down to the energy level that I operate at all the time. <laughs> if not, if not, I'm, if not more active and organized than I am. If I smoked pot, I would get nothing done. You don't? I, I don't smoke pot. No, no. I, it it just doesn't. I don't know what it does to me, but it's nothing that like I seek out. You know, I've smoked it a few times and just never really gotten any like. Oh, this this is for me. Mm-hmm. And whereas Doug, I think he operates at a million RPMs, and then pot brings him down to like, oh, I can actually see the scenery around me a little <laughs> bit. And uh, so yeah, he he. It's just he does so much where he books his own travel and then that of his openers and hotels. I mean, he's hands on and doing everything, booking guests for his shows and organizing what show he's going to do at which club and and then tweeting about it and all the stuff that just seems like, oh, I got to do all this stuff. He's just a machine. And I always go, man, you need an assistant or something. He's like, man, it's not that much stuff. He's just really well organized and it genuinely likes doing it. So it doesn't really seem like work. Yeah, that's the best part. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's impressive. He's really good at it. I need to know, I need to know more about you because a civil engineering degree. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. What were you going to do with that? I uh, did high school rodeo in, uh, in high school and I had to go get my grades like notarized every week. You did what? <laughs> so I was a team roper. So in order to go compete in rodeos on the weekend, I'd have to like go to the registrar and get her to like sign off on my grades. Uh-huh. And I, I think I had to get them initialed by like all of my teachers. It was a process. And I, so I sort of got to know her and right toward when I was graduating, what school was it? This was, uh, in Reno, Nevada, okay. hug high school. And, uh, 
when I was graduating, she goes, have you thought, are you going to college? And I was like, I've been applying. I don't really know what I want to do. And, and at that time, I wanted to be like a rodeo guy. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, oh, I'll just go do, I'll make money roping. And then uh, she goes, you know, if you're going to go, you should do, like my husband and my son are both engineers. And you kind of remind me of them, which in hindsight is kind of a, a an insult because engineers are so goddamn boring. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right. So I got accepted to Colorado State University and you could just check like what you wanted to major in. And so I had a list of things. I saw engineering and was like, all right. So I checked that off and I got accepted into the engineering program, which in hindsight, I never would have gotten into if I had been undeclared my first semester. I wouldn't have had the grades to do okay. it. Yeah, yeah. So I got in and then I'm just I'm pretty... Uh, stubborn you know I, I started doing kind of poorly in the classes and then just was like well i'll just stick it out i didn't really ever love it i just, and i never really thought i wanted to work a regular job but i thought like i'm in, I'm in college and i have some some of those benefits not everyone gets to go to college you know so mm-hmm. i felt pretty lucky to do that so i just thought like i'll stick it out and i kind of romanticized like people that just duck out just leave college and go i'm moving to los angeles to whatever i right. i would think of that and then i'd also think like it's a long life like you can you can let a year go by and and finish school mm-hmm. and so i i did that just to feel like you know the the money that had gone into it was worthwhile you know and um so then when I was done, I, I did an, in, an an internship when I like after my junior year where I, it was awesome. I went and like did soil samples and I had this lab that was just mine. I had this whole soils research lab Holy where crap. I was like crushing things and <laughs> doing re, like analysis of the results of that and a lot of just little simple lab tests on soil. And then so I was giving these results to people who were like designing you know, the, the foundations and writing blueprints for a house to be built. And I, I felt that was pretty cool. Wow. But that was an internship. So when I, toward the end of it, I was just designing blueprints and it, that was just mind numbingly boring. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, so if I work here, what would I do? And they're like, well, you'd spend two years doing that, just doing blueprints. And I was like, fuck that. <laughs> I had no interest. And I don't, I, I, my mom had signed me up for a stand up class when I was in high school. I had a teacher in like eighth grade who I'm oddly still like, in communication with now on occasion who told her like your son should be a stand-up comedian wow which is really weird for a teacher to say and um so she signed me up for this class and i didn't go but i like i would write down a lot of stuff i, I didn't go to any classes and at, at the end i had missed all of them and she goes well you didn't you didn't make it out to one of the classes but if i can give you any advice just take a notebook and like write stuff down when you have thoughts so i did that like through my senior year of high school and then all through college so I remember, and I was helping my mom go through a storage unit the other day. I found this notebook that oh, I had wow. like, written in college, and it was like nine pages of, it would say things to the effect of like waiting in line, and then a paragraph of jokes about waiting in line. And in my head, I was like, I've got nine pages of stuff. I could probably go do a show. And then I had to start doing open mic and realize I didn't have really any material. Or I did. It went okay. It didn't go poorly. But yeah, I just... That's how I got into comedy. It was like kind of not being really excited to stand on stage in front of people. And so it was easy for me to stay in school and put it off. And it wasn't very natural for me to to want to get up in front of people. That was like the one ingredient missing where I was like, I would think about saying jokes and all that and then immediately think of like, oh God, there are going to be people looking at me. That's yeah. terrifying. Uh-huh. And so I... um 
I started substitute teaching and that really helped like standing up in oh, front of like kids yeah. and yeah, you had to like have this fake confidence and sort of take charge. And sure. so that all kind of helped. And then, yeah, I, I mean, on one hand, I feel like I always wanted to do comedy since I was a little kid. And on the other, I feel like it, it took kind of like going to college and learning how to think like an engineer and being patient and all those stupid things that kind of helped me have some tools to like get up on stage yeah. to finally do it. So I guess that's how it came about. Substitute teaching. Any horror <laughs> yeah. stories from that? Yeah. In fact, last week I told some of them, like, cause I've, I don't really tell a lot of stories in my stand up act. So mm-hmm. it was kind of fun to, uh, share. But there was a girl one time that, uh, there was a kid that like stood up and cocked back his arm. Like he was going to punch me. And there was a girl in like And he was third, 10. He was in fifth grade. Yeah. Oh, really? He was a big fifth Holy grader. Shit, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I, he was being just such a punk, and I go, the only reason that you're acting like this is because you don't know this and you want to, which seems like a pretty innocuous statement, but mm-hmm. it touched something deep in him where he realized, like, I don't know this, and I'm not dumb. I think that's why he was standing up. It was like, I just don't know it, and I don't want the other kids to know that I don't oh, know it. Yeah. And so he was furious at me. And, uh, and then a girl in third grade shit her pants once and lied about it. I was trying to be very diplomatic, like, hey, um, did you maybe have an accident? And she just looked up like, nope. <laughs> and so the, the, the joke I told the other night was that the other kids, and this is true, they kind of looked it up. She says, no, it must be no. And I was like, they, you have to be smelling this. <laughs> I know there's, I'm not fucking going crazy. And so I went and got another teacher and he just stormed into the room and grabbed her, like lifted her out of her seat like as if she'd done it all the time. Come here, shitty pants. Yeah. And left and she came back about an hour later with new pants, but she was holding her old underwear no, no, in a no, plastic no, no. bag. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Like she like a serial killer that returns to the scene of the crime like <laughs> with a trophy. And I have your head. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why the other kids didn't tell on her. They were like a terrified of her that she was gonna cut them into bits or something. So <laughs> I had I told this the other night too. So this is it sounds inappropriate. I assure you this is one hundred percent true. Uh-huh. There was a girl whose middle name was Knock. She's like Filipino or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm. you're doing role. You have to be kind of quick. If you're going through the names, and it's always a challenge because, you know, kids have names that are not anything like they're spelled. Oh, yeah. So you say it and they go, it's actually Bejantene or yeah, whatever. You're like, right. it's, this says Desiree. And so you're going <laughs> through the thing and you can't wait. You know, if you're going like, Timmy, Rebecca, Bradley, you can't just suddenly stop like, what the Nikonjanae. Yeah, yeah, you have to guess something quickly. And so I, I see, luckily the middle name is Knox. I go, Knox? She goes, here. The first name was B-I-C-H. So I was like, what is, what's your first name? She goes, oh, it's, it's uh, just call me Knox. So I was like, your, na- your name is Bitch Knox. Like, that's her real name. So later, I'm like, nah, that's no big deal. That's not that crazy of a name. But later, like probably the next year or something, I see this name, same situation. Like I'm going down the roll and I pause, like a legitimate pause, which I hated to do because you could just feel the kids squirming in their mm-hmm. chair. Like, no, no, Here no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. And it was spelled K-U-N-T-H-E-A-R-Y, which if you're a teacher, you have something just popped in your head. You have to guess something. And I go, uh, theory? Like just lobbing a guess out there. And she goes, nope, it's cunt Harry. No. No way. joke. That's like legit. That's no. what she yelled to a crowded group of kids. And none of the, I almost went like, oh, oh. <laughs> but they're kids. So they didn't know. Like she was just at that threshold, probably like fourth grade where 
the next couple years that was suddenly going to be the worst thing that ever happened to her. And I was so mad at her parents and just like, I can't believe this kid is correcting people. uh, That's her name. Like (laughs) that's her living name. This is awful. So those, those are like to say, you know, subbing was really only bad when kids are shitty just in numbers, just they they don't respect you. And no one's ever, no substitute teacher has ever made a difference in anyone's life. So you kind of know that going in that, I'm not going to get in there and dangerous minds them or anything. Now, there is a bumper sticker. Substitute take teachers making a difference in no one's lives <laughs> ever. Yeah, that'd be absolutely true. So you start to just get burned out and just be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Wow. So I, I just stopped. It was like one of the few jobs where I was like, I cannot do this anymore at all. I'll do anything. I started after that doing... And I didn't want to have a job anymore. I really wanted to just have all my free time to write and do comedy. So I started doing like those research studies where I'd go and be like a guinea pig. Oh, really? Yeah, I did like two or three of those. You have a very thick head of hair. <laughs> Is that why? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Also, also on your back and your knees. <laughs> yeah. Hairy, hairy butt cheeks. Like really <laughs> minimal side effects though. <laughs> But I'd have my days free. And that was cool. Like, I moved to Austin. You know, I'd been, like, really working hard in San Diego. And it was so expensive there. And I was, like, I had a horseshoeing business, you know. I was, like, subbing. And then I'd go shoe horses. And not shoot them. People think that I'm, like, murder, Like, I'm putting shoes on their feet. And uh, I was reaching a point where, like, I was going to maybe buy a new truck and, and get move into a bigger place. And I was, like... And then what? And then just keep doing that? Or are you really going to like give stand-up an effort? So I backtracked from there and like sold all my stuff and gave a bunch of stuff away and really downsized to where I like owned all my things and moved to Austin where my rent was like $400 a month. And, nice. and so I didn't have a lot to do other than try to write material. And then I would just sit there all day with a blank notepad like, I don't have any fucking thoughts. <laughs> I don't have any ideas. You gotta do something. Yeah, so I would, I'd watch a lot of Magnum P.I. and uh, and kind of like <laughs> force myself to write that way. But it, it really helped. I think that really like changed how I thought and like, you know, viewed writing or being, doing stand-up or whatever. So it, it was... Uh, I think, you know, it's hard to say, like, when you look back at your life, like, how many things led up to where you are, where you always have ended up kind of where you are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think you, I think there's always, like, those those stepping stones or whatever, like, kind of makes sense. Like, I would have made a similar mistake just with someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's weird to, like, again, in the movie End of the Wild, where he, like, looks in and sees kind of a version of himself, like, at a dinner party and... He's, you know, and then instead he's out there with like the shabby backpack. He's all filthy. And mm-hmm. I think those two worlds are not that far off in yeah. anyone's life. Like, yeah, you're yeah. always pretty close to being any of them. So do you want to do anything besides like uh stand up right now? I mean, are you? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to, uh, like outgrow stand up someday. Really? I, yeah. I don't, th- I, there's something built into the fraternity of stand up comedy that is like the true ones do it until they die. And you just do it forever. But I think a lot of times stand-up comes from kind of a fractured person or, or kind of like things aren't syncing up. I feel the same way about literature. Like most people when they write as they get older, it just thins out. The, mm-hmm. the passion is gone. The, the, the confusion is gone. And I think that's similar in stand-up. You know, like there, there's just 
you have a lot to say, but then after a while you just get used to being in front of crowds and that's not the same. Like they're, they're enjoying themselves, but it's not that same like angst or whatever. And so I'd like to think that I would get kind of a handle on the world at some point and be like, I don't have a lot to say anymore. I've said all my stuff and now I could just go relax. And like right now I'm working on a, a web series that I'm excited about, like a little animated show. And so I'd like to do animation and create stuff like make things. I really like, you know, creating things, whether that's a joke or, you know, sketches or whatever, but doing animation would be awesome. And then being able to go out and just tour and do stand up like in little doses would be great. So that's kind of where I'd like to angle things. At What's this the, point. Anim- what, like, uh, tell me more about that. It's the called animation. earthbound. It's, uh, it's, um, it's through uh six point harness, which is kind of a cool, I can't offhand name a lot of this. They've done a lot of cool shows and stuff they do one um oh god i'm blanking on it coliseum this whatever they have a channel called um Rugburn on youtube which okay. they do a lot of uh um you know of their uh, productions through anyway they the the show is about a guy it started years ago like when i was in my little station wagon and I'd, I'd haul around my scanner and my computer and then like just draw comics like when i was bored in the hotel or the condo or whatever and so I, I would just draw a lot of like single panel comics and put them on my website. And, uh, and then over time, like I got kind of bored of just, just all these little f- fragments of thought. And I started the idea of like a character that was following a single character through the, through a story. So it became, uh, the story of a guy who gets abducted by aliens and he ends up on this giant ship. That's like a research vessel uh-huh. and it travels through space time, gathering specimens from all different points in the universe at different varying times in the universe. And, uh, so he ends up up there and finds essentially what is God, but it's just a dude. He's just a guy that works in middle management, but he has a computer that, uh, has a game on it. That's like Sim city that created planet earth. Okay. So the the our main character changes that computer and alters Earth and resets it to sort of like a, a perfect state, like Garden of Eden state. Yeah. And then he, along with the God character and God's assistant and an alien and a Triceratops, end up being sent back to that Earth as like an exile. So that's the show. It's kind of them and takes place on the first season, the one we're doing right now, the, the web series takes place all on the research vessel, the ship. So then going forward, it would take place on this little pristine earth with them kind of ruining it. Basically. Are you doing this all yourself? No, I, I'm writing it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've written the whole outline for the season and stuff and which is a challenge, but, but fun, you know, and it, it was a lot of the same engineering skills involved in like things to me always have to like match up linearly. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm probably, I don't, I don't know how well I fit into comedy these days because it is so fragmented and disjointed and silly, which I love, you know, I love like the mighty boosh and I love things that are just purely imagination, yeah. but I also like them to be tied into kind of a, uh, like a seminal reality or something like that. And so it's been tough to in the engineering, like the left side trying to organize these stories when they want to just, you know, you want to keep them as silly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's been fun though. Yeah. It's a cool, it's cool. Like to just write this story and kind of create this little world. And, and, you know, I, I wrote the, the comic book I initially drew was like 24 individual panels that each panel moved the story forward okay. a little bit. Yep, and yep. so, that that's what the this whole like 10 episodes we're going to do is going to be is just from those panels so so that story is easy going forward it's going to be a little bit more difficult to create them you know but 
Same process. When, when you run out of ideas, just add a baby. <laughs> yeah. Leonardo a- DiCaprio comes in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah. I already I know all these tricks. Right. I'm definitely going to use yeah. them. Yeah. Hey, it's my long lost son. <laughs> yeah. It's <The> Poochie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow, we've been doing this for a while. Hey, I got a um I want to do a quick uh I have a quick uh quiz for you. Sure. In, because it's a uh, 4th of July week tomorrow. One thing I love, quizzes. Yes. So this is just a really quick uh true or false. Okay. All right. Um True or false, most of the fireworks used in the US are made in China. Hmm, I'm going to say true. No, I'm sorry, it's false. Ah. We import $218 million worth of fireworks from China each year, but U.S. firework companies, fireworks companies sell $220 million worth here at so home. So it's a neck-and-neck neck race. Very neck-and-neck. Neck. Hmm. Uh, number two, true or false, the U.S. exports less than a million dollars worth of American flags each year. Exports less than. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of negative. <sighs> yeah. Um... God, I'm so poorly traveled in the world. I'll say true. It is true. We export about $600,000 worth. Mexico is our biggest customer. Huh. Huh. Yeah, because I guess all the resort towns down there, they have to fly an American flag. Like, come on, come on in, have yeah, some yeah. stuff. There's you a- won't be beheaded here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's smart business. Because, they, oh, they're friendly to Americans here. Let's go in there. And then they still don't care for us. Is this is this uh, cow meat or iguana? What am I eating? <laughs> Uh, when the U.S. became independent in 1776, the entire population was about the same size. Well, this one's a uh, multiple choice. Oh, okay. Uh, when uh, the U.S. became independent in 1776, the entire population was about the same size as which current U.S. city? New York, Chicago, or Memphis? Hmm. Um, God, I don't know really the population. I mean, those seem somewhat different. I'll say Chicago. That's right. Oh, okay. Two and a half million Americans uh, when the Declaration of Independence was signed, roughly the same size as Chicago is now. What's the population of Memphis? It does Significantly not say lower? That. Oh, okay. It seems like Memphis and Chicago wouldn't be that different. I was guessing Memphis is probably s- still pretty close to like a million. I know yeah, Chicago's I like the fifth biggest city or third biggest. I would guess third. Yeah. That could okay. be wrong. How many sparklers, you know what sparklers are? Yeah. Yeah. How many sparklers would you need to get the same amount of heat as a blowtorch? Three? 25 or half a million? Uh, half a million. Three. What? Sparklers burn at about 2,000 degrees, and three of them would be as powerful as a torch. But you can touch a sparkler. Can't and you? Have you put three of them together? Weird. Yeah. Hmm. I thought the reason they could sell them was because they were innocuous. Like, they just look like it's fire, but it's really, in actuality, like... A harmless I, phosphorescence. I, uh, I a scientist gave me these. I'm sorry, we can't argue with that. <laughs> Damn it! I was as far off as you could be. <laughs> uh, Congress passed a law allowing fireworks to celebrate uh, July Fourth in what year? 1777, 1865, or 1941? Passed a law saying you can use fireworks. They passed a law allowing fireworks to celebrate the Fourth of July. Let's see here. It would have been a big deal because of fires, but would they have gotten around to it and cared about it? I'm going to say 1965. You mean, how about 1777, 1865, or 1941? Oh, 1941. No. Fireworks were first uh, authorized as part of the Independence Day celebration in 1777. 
It was made really? a national holiday in 1941. Hmm, okay. All right, we got one more here. The rockets from large fireworks show only... Well, wait. Let me start over here. The rockets from large firework, fireworks shows only reach a top speed of about 40 miles per hour when they're launched. Okay. You follow that one. True or false? The rockets... How fast do they go up in the air? 40 miles an hour. 40 miles an hour. He's d- yeah, that's so for, for people that aren't here... Uh, David was uh, just raising his hand like like he was shooting up, like a firework was shooting up in the air. Yeah, I would say that's true. That seems like enough speed to get, because you don't want it to go too fast that we get too high. And fireworks seem to go off fairly low. So, yeah, I'm going to say that's true. I'm sorry, it's false. Damn it, what's the speed? Well, they go about 150 miles an hour. Oh, all right, okay. So you were telling me what you might go do tomorrow for the 4th of July, so you can bore everyone with these. Uh, I'm going to go. Maybe uh, make a drinking game out of it. Do you drink? I don't play any drinking game. I'm not very good at drinking. I used to really enjoy it a lot, and now I constantly have these things where I have like an amount of booze where I feel pretty comfortable, and I'm way drunker than I planned on being. <laughs> <laughs> so uh-huh. I, uh, I'm just terrible at it now. Um, so I'll probably have a couple beers. I'll be with my girlfriend's family, so I don't think they want to see me streaking around getting all nuts anyway. I suppose not. And I'll dazzle them with all my newfound fireworks knowledge, uh, 150 miles an hour. Blowtorch um, sparklers. Yeah, yeah, blowtorch sparklers. Okay. All right, we got to wrap it up. Where can people find you on Twitter? It's um, at Huntsberger Junk. Huntsberger not, Junk. Yeah, not possessive. It's not my genitals, but just hey, as if the junk I would. I know. I, I feel compelled to say that because people always make that joke, right. especially Doug Benson more than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're both tweet, right? <laughs> Perfect. And pl- uh, Professor Blastoff, how do people find that? Yep, ProfessorBlastoff.com. It's also at Earwolf.com. You can find it on iTunes where it's free. Um, I have a new CD that's out uh, called Explosion Land. Oh, yes. We well, almost and forgot to mention that. Sorry yeah, that. that's yeah. on iTunes. I recorded it here at the Jungle Theater in Minneapolis. And the one you mentioned, uh, Humanitis, was recorded yes. here at Acme. They're both through Stand Up Records, which is... Right here in Minneapolis. Minnesota-based as well. Yeah, so yeah. it's very Minnesota-friendly. So support Minneapolis-based companies. And um, yeah, Earthbound, you can see on um, it's Six Point Harness channel. It's called Rugburn on YouTube. And yeah, the, the comics, if you want to see those, are on davidhuntsberger.com. Sweet. David, cool. thank you. Thanks, Justin. Happy 4th. Appreciate it. Yeah, you too. I hope those uh, chiggers go away and are nicer <laughs> to you. And happy peeing. <laughs>